Time to meet the men from the ministry. Join us for another canter down the corridors of power with Norma Ronald, Ronald Baddeley, John Graham, Dennis Lay, and the men from the ministry, Richard Murdoch and Derek Guyler. In their office, high above Whitehall, the General Assistance Department grapple constantly with the problems of modern government. Some of their methods may occasionally seem baffling, but whatever they do, there's usually a good explanation. Excuse my asking, too, but why are you putting hot buttered toast and a saucer of tea on the window ledge? That's for the pigeons. I thought I'd give them a treat. The pigeons won't drink that. Huh? Now there's no sugar in it. That fat one's always first on the window ledge. Ah, yes, yes. He's a very good customer. Decides what he wants and leaves a deposit. Half past ten, it's tea again. Ah, thank you, Mildred. Yeah. You're not feeding the pigeons, are you? I know the permanent undersecretary's forbidden it, but yes, we are feeding the pigeons. Sir Gregory won't catch us, Mildred. He's never in till twelve. Normally, old Roger at the Home Office feeds them, but he's on leave. Oh, is he? Yes, he's gone skiing in Malta. Skiing <laughs> in Malta? They don't have snow there. That's why he chose it. He hates the cold. <laughs> anyway, while he's away, we promised we'd put out food and water. Rudge is devoted to the pigeons, Mildred. <laughs> it's all in these notes he's left us. Oh, he knows their habits, you see. Mm. Yeah, see, here he's written, look, keep an eye on the molting one. This flies very fast, but can hover or drop like a stone and still land safely. All it needs is plenty of water. This goes at an amazing rate. Well, if I were you, sir, I'd close the window. They've had their breakfast now, and Sir Gregory has been getting here earlier lately. You may be right. We're in enough trouble with Sir Gregory already, thanks to Mr. Lamb's blunder on that RAF job. It wasn't a serious one, just a slight mix-up in our orders. Your orders, too. With the result that they flooded the airport lounge with wet cement and made Wilton carpet on the runways. It's not only that, sir. Sir Gregory's very upset about this lost equipment. As he says, lots of offices lose papers and files, but there aren't many lose a typewriter. Well, it never worked anyway. But the point is, it's disappeared, and so's the duplicating machine. Yes, I miss that. I used it to press my trousers. <laughs> Well, we're definitely out of favour with Sir Gregory. Though I must say, he doesn't seem to shout at us like he used to. He gives me strange looks instead. That's true. Almost as if he knows something that we don't. I wonder what the old Gorgon's up to. Look out, here he is. Oh, good morning, Sir Gorgon. Uh, Sir Gregory. How nice to see you, sir. My word, you're smiling. I always smile first thing in the morning. Get it over with. Well, what can we do for you, sir? Uh, there's nothing you can do for me, Lennox Brown. Just get on with your work, and you'll learn if you've got any. The house foreman and I have some things to do in your office. Uh, do, gents? Right, Sir Gregory, where do we start? Oh, over here, Mr. Moon. Uh, bring your tape measure, will you, and the plans. Yes, sir. Now, just measure this area by the window. Uh, disregard Mr. Lennox Brown's desk, of course. That won't be here. Uh, make a nice bit of space, that will. Yes. Uh, Sir Gregory, did you say my desk won't be here? Oh, don't interrupt, Lennox. Brown, 
We're rather busy. Yes, but... Uh, now, you build I... my cocktail cabinet here, Mr. Moon, and then we can put a, a divan on that side of the room. Where this other desk is. Oh, yes, that'll be gone, too. And we'll have proper carpet there instead of that coconut matting. That's my desk, Sir Gregory. Uh, yes, just step aside, will you? Mr. Moon wants to measure this bit. Now, all these filing cabinets will go, of course. Oh, you leave it to me, sir. We'll make it nice and cosy for you. Will these gents be moving to another office? Another office? Oh, dear me, no. <laughs> They'll be moving out. I understand, sir. Well, I don't. Oh, do be quiet, Lamb. Well, that'll be all then, Mr. Moon. We can go now. After you. Uh, thank you, sir. Bye, gents, and uh, good luck wherever you're going. Uh, Sir Gregory, please, what's happening? It, it sounds as if you're getting rid of us. Suffice it to say there's an efficiency expert coming to inspect all departments. Well, we're all right. There's no efficiency here. Oh, be quiet, Lamb. The PM feels that Whitehall is overstaffed, and this expert is instructed to find redundancies. Well... We know who's redundant in this building, don't we? Who is this expert? <laughs> When's he coming? He's not a he, he's a she, Miss Grimley. And when she arrives tomorrow, she'll be starting off in this office. She'll be studying what you do here. Oh, glory. Exactly. And when you're both gone, I shall convert this room to a small lounge for entertaining my VIP friends. <laughs> Good day to you, gentlemen. It's unspeakable, too. <laughs> Threatening us with redundancy. We've worked jolly hard in this office. Yes, I remember. It was a Tuesday, wasn't it? <laughs> well, if they do chuck you out, it'll be their loss, not yours. We've got to fight this, too. Organize ourselves for survival. That's it. How do we do that? Look, now, listen, listen. This Grimley woman will only get rid of us if she thinks we're not doing enough. Yes. Now, if she finds us busy and active, she'll conclude we're essential staff. That couldn't happen, could it? It's up to us to make it happen. And we've just one day to get things organized. Now then, Miss Grimley will be here any minute. Are we ready? Two, there's yes. a corner of your desk with no papers on it. Oh. And if you open that file, it'll take up more room. And it'll look as if you're working. You're right. I found lots of old forms and memos and filled up the entries, like you said. Right. Now, what else? Ah, yes. Mildred, I had a brilliant idea that'll help to boost our image. What's that, sir? When I bang my fist on the desk like this, <laughs> I want you to rush into the office, you say, and say the Chancellor of the Exchequer's changed his mind and wants you sign the checks. Uh, what checks are these, well? That, oh, there aren't any checks. Oh. It's just to make Miss Grimley think we're working alongside the Chancellor. Yes. Now, will you rehearse that, Mildred? Oh, yes, yes, sir. When you bang on the desk, yes, yes. I'll come belting in yes. and say, the Chancellor of these checkers changed his mind and wants you to sign the check. Good. Off you go, then, and try to look busy in the outer office. Get on with some typing. Well, Okay, sir. Of course, it won't be easy without a typewriter. <laughs> Don't fuss, Mildred. Just mime it and hope Miss Grimley doesn't see. Yes, sir. Yes. The Chancellor needs to get his chances, Have we got time to feed the pigeons? No. Good heavens. That's just the sort of thing an efficiency expert would jump on. Get Rudge's notes off the windowsill, will you? I hope he doesn't stay long. I can imagine what she's like. One of those ministry dragons with Harris Tweed knickers. <laughs> Miss Grimley, dear sir. Good morning. Mr. Lennox Brown, I take it? 
yes, madam. Uh, yes. You seem surprised to see me, gentlemen. Hey, well, I must confess, dear lady, we expected something of a battle axe, not a charming young lady like yourself. <laughs> oh, one doesn't have to be a battle axe to spot when people are redundant. Now then, Mr. Lamb, may I scrutinize your project? <laughs> I want to see what work you're doing. There seems to be rather a lot. This in-tray is overflowing. Oh, yes, the pressure's pretty fierce, you know, but we don't spare ourselves. What is this file on top marked urgent memos from the Prime Minister? Ah, that's a file full of uh, urgent memos from the Prime Minister. But the first one is signed Lloyd George. <laughs> Lloyd George. Uh, yes. Well, they get rather behind in Downing Street. Yes. Uh, we are helping them to try to catch up. This next document is headed, Plans for the State Visit of the Kaiser. Oh. Is all your work so antiquated? Oh, dear me, no. No, 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 no. We are vitally concerned with building a modern Britain. Mm. Our advice is sought at the highest levels. They look to us for vision, for judgment. We have to be prepared for the unexpected. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Oh, yes, Mildred. What is it? Uh, uh, yes, sir. Um. Well, is it a message? Yes, yes, sir. A message, yes. Uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer. Yes, go on, Mildred. The Chancellor of the Exchequer's gone out of his mind and wants you to change your sex. What? <laughs> no, no, wait a minute. I've got it wrong. Uh, the Chancellor of the Exchequer's half a mind to check that you change your socks. Oh, Laurie. Is your secretary mentally unstable, Mr. Lennox-Brown? Yes. Uh, well, well, um, well, I mean, that's say, not normally. No, no, no. But, I mean, we've all been overworking lately. Mildred, Mildred, you better go and have a lie down. Pardon me, I'm sure. You say you've been overworking, gentlemen, but there doesn't seem much to show for it. What are these papers here on the windowsill? Oh, those. I shouldn't bother with those, Miss Grimsby. Uh, good grief, I told you to put those away, too. No? Why would they have to be hidden? Uh, oh, well, uh, top secret, you see. Yes. A job we've been doing for, um, well, yes, the, uh, uh, for the RAF. Let me see what it's all about. Keep an eye on the melting one. This flies very fast, but can hover or drop like a stone and still land safely. All it needs is plenty of water. This goes in at amazing rate. Now, I can explain. No need to explain, Mr. Lennox Brown. I see now why you wanted it out of sight. What an astounding achievement. Pardon? This plane, the moting one, can actually do these amazing things. Plane? Oh, oh. Yes, plane. Ah, airplane. Yeah, and the only fuel it needs is water. Ah, yes. Well, uh, you saw what it said in the notes. But this is a major breakthrough. I don't quite follow. And you've organized the development of this miracle aircraft. Oh, well, I mean, I mustn't take all the credit. Oh, you're <laughs> too modest, <laughs> Mr. Lennox Brown. Oh, no. Have you told the PM about this? The PM? Uh, oh, uh, no, I haven't been able to spare him a lot of time lately, oh, you know. You must tell him, or I must. Just a moment, Miss Grimmie. Now, we mustn't be too hasty. Ah, ah, you mean there are still tests and demonstrations to be carried out? Uh, yes, mm. yes, exactly, yes. There are still tests and uh, demonstrations to be carried out, yes. Oh, you're, you're right to be cautious, Mr. Lennox yeah. Brown. Nevertheless, yeah. I'm going over to the Ministry of Defense. They at least should be told about moting one. Oh, it's a miracle plane. There's no other word for it. Oh, dear me. We seem to have started something. I couldn't quite grasp what she was on about. 
was she cross about the pigeons or not? Oh. And here is the news read by John Curl. First, more about Britain's new wonder aircraft. Addressing a crowded house, the Prime Minister has spoken of urgent legislation to speed its progress. The plane would need special water, and he expected MPs to pass this without delay. <laughs> the aircraft itself, the Milting Mark I, is still on the secret list, but is believed to be in a hangar somewhere on Salisbury Plain. First news of the Milting One has brought keen reaction throughout the world. The American government say that they, too, are developing a water-powered plane, but somewhat larger. The Russians say they invented one ten years ago. They claim that there is no connection between this British discovery and the coach loads of Russian tourists now arriving on Salisbury Plain. <laughs> oh, switch it off, too. I can't take any more. Why not one? We're famous. We've developed a marvellous plane. We're cleverer than I thought. Don't be daft. The plane doesn't exist. Mr. Lan, the Mountain One is a pigeon. Oh, dear. And Sir Gregory will be here any minute to find out more about it. Uh, do you mean he'll be cut? Uh, this this is, is no time for bungling, too. Look, we've got to bluff it out. Oh. Who's going to do that, sir? Sir Gregory's going to want details. Oh, I think we can manage him, Mildred. Luckily, he's too bone-idle to read the memos people send him. My dear Lennox Brown, good morning to you. Oh. And Lamb, how nice to see you. Did you ever? What can I say? Congratulations. Together we've put Britain back on the map. I'm proud of you both. Sir Gregory, you mustn't overestimate what we've done. Oh, nonsense, my dear chap. This achievement should be shouted from the rooftops. Well, maybe not from the rooftops, sir. Perhaps from a downstairs window. No. Gracious, it's an absolute triumph for all concerned. There could even be something in the honors list. For us, sir? Uh, no, for me as head of the department. Oh, and uh, that reminds me, people keep asking me about the plane. Of course, I, I know the general outline. After all, we've worked on it together, haven't we? I'd like everyone to know, sir, that this is as much your doing as ours. Right. <laughs> but one or two details have slipped my mind, so I want you to fill me in. For example, where exactly is the miracle plane? Uh, Sir Gregory, all the details are in that memo we sent you last month. Memo? Which memo? That memo. Oh, that memo, of course. Yes, I remember. It's very interesting stuff. And yes. perhaps we shouldn't discuss it out loud. What? Well, it is top secret. Ah, right? yes. Keep it under our hats, what? Yes. Well, I leave you to handle the technical side. After all, molting one is your pigeon. <laughs> Good show, both of you. Excellent. Well, gentlemen, you handled that beautifully. Uh, well, basically, it's just a case of my being smarter than his, you see. Oh, I forgot to ask you. Uh, you've got the melting one lined up for tomorrow's test flight. Which, which test flight, Sir Gregory? The test flight, man. It's all in the memo I sent you. Uh, which memo was that? That memo. <laughs> oh, that memo, yes. It's a vital occasion for all of us. Make sure it goes off smoothly. Mildred. Have we had a memo from Sir Gregory? Yes, sir. You were using it as a bookmark. Ah, of course. Yes, it'll be in my library book, the one on psychology. Here it is. Into the unknown, the mind of a civil servant. <laughs> well, what does the memo say? Uh, the Prime Minister and Service Chief yes. will assemble on Salisbury Plain at 1300 hours on the 24th to see the molting one fly past. Fly past? With people watching? Oh, oh, yeah. Mr. Lamb's fainted. 
Dip his head in the fire bucket later. Right now, we've got to think fast. Well, viewers, as you've probably gathered, this is Fourth Robinson here on Salisbury Plain, awaiting the fly-past of Britain's amazing new aircraft. And over there is the platform in which political leaders and service chiefs are lined up to view the great event. On the end, you can see the two civil servants responsible for this modern marvel. And I must say, they both look green with happiness. <laughs> it's a day they'll never forget. But you, oh, my word, one of them's gone down. It must be the excitement, uh-huh. And his colleague is bending over, fanning him with his bowler. Stand back, please. My junior colleague will be all right. He just needs air. Pull yourself together, too. Just run. All these people waiting for a plane that doesn't exist. Be quiet and leave this to me. I'm reading a book on psychology now. Just keep calm and we'll get away with it. Come along, Lennox Brown. It's almost 1,300 hours. The plane's due any minute. 1,300 hours, Pitkin? Uh, yes, Brigadier. One o'clock. Well, why can't you say so? Speak English, ma'am. Stand by, everyone. Sir Gregory, you must be very proud of Mr. Lennox Brown. He has such authority. Yes, Miss Grimley. I've trained him well. Now then, everyone, please keep your binoculars trained on the southwest. Southwest? Where the devil's the southwest? Wait for it. Wait for it. There. What did you think of it? What did we think of it? I beg your pardon. You realize, of course, that the moving Mark 1 flies very fast. I mean, so fast that it will have been visible only to those with a very quick eye and an exceptionally agile brain. Oh, I saw it, Lennox Brown. <laughs> yes, it was perfectly clear to me. Oh, yes, and I, 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 I spotted it at once. Uh, yes, sir. I want you to speak to a press conference next week. The papers are anxious to see you. Naturally, sir. Of course, I shall be happy to oblige. Will we get free drinks and salted peanuts? Uh, there's no need for you to be there, too. Miss hmm? Grimley will come as my right-hand man. <laughs> There's a question over there, Mr. Lennox Brown. Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, the gentleman with glasses. Uh, science correspondent of the Times. Is the Moting One powered by a multi-cylinder hydraulic jet system or by some new modification of a hyper-boosted turboprop? Next question, please. <laughs> but you haven't answered mine yet. I want to know if this plane's engine is basically thermocoupled or an unconventional form of rotary thrust mechanism. Uh, well, it's not quite as simple as that. You mustn't forget the elastic band, you see. Ah, yes, of course. The elastic band. Thank you. Yes. Now, I'm afraid I must close this press conference, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into an area that's rather, uh, well, uh, hush, hush. Thank you for your attention. You handled that awfully well. Oh, well, thank you, Miss Grimley. Your presence was most reassuring. Oh. Yes. I wonder, I wonder, would you, would you care to join me for a dish of tea? That's very kind of you. I'd be delighted. Yes. It's rather a roguish little seed cake, isn't it? I say, do I have to go on calling you Mr. Lennox Brown? Could I be very bold and say, L.B.? Oh, of course, dear lady. And may I return the compliment by calling you Delia? Well, if you like, but my name's Celia. <laughs> How perfect. We have a rather special rapport, haven't we? Of course, I've always preferred older men. 
How fortunate that we met at this time. It's the oldest I've ever been. <laughs> I, uh, I was wondering, Celia, if I might have the pleasure of your company at the theater one evening. Oh, thank you. I'd enjoy that. Oh. I adore Covent Garden, don't you? And that show at Drury Lane got nice reviews. Uh, yes. Yes. Actually, my bank managers offered me tickets for their amateur operatic society. They're doing South Pacific in the town hall. <laughs> Nearly four o'clock, Mildred, and Mr. Lennox Brown's not back from lunch yet. It's a scandal. Of course, he went out with Miss Grimley, didn't he? Yes. That's the fourth time he's taken her to lunch this week, and it's still only Tuesday. <laughs> and he's old enough to be her daughter. If you ask me, he's making a fool of himself. That aeroplane business went to his age. He's certainly pushing the boat out, bringing up flowers and bags of toffee. He's blooming well infiltrated with her. He's actually carved her initials on his desk. Look. Well, there's no fool like an old fool, they say. <gasps> what is it, Mildred? You've gone quite pale. Look at this note on his blotter. In his writing. Let me see. Go to bank. Collect tickets for South Pacific. Is that serious? Don't you see, Mr. Lamb? He's going to draw out his money from the bank and elope with that woman to the South Sea. Oh, dear. <laughs> Just like that film on the telly about that French painter, George Sanders. He had a wife and a decent job, and then he had a few drinks and threw it all up. <laughs> he went off to the tropics and deteriorated. But he was foreign, Mildred. Mr. Lennox Brown has no excuse. I shall have to speak to him. Well, I'm not going to speak to him, blooming pinstripe Casanova. He can fetch his own tea from now on. I'm going to ignore him. Oh. Hello, too, Mildred. <laughs> Sorry I'm ten minutes late. Thanks for the marvellous lunch. Now I'd better get back to my office. Oh, See you later, Melby. Yes. Bye. Oh, dear, yeah. Mr. Lamb, will you inform Mr. Lennox Brown that his female acquaintance has left the door open? Uh, yes. Uh, one uh, Mildred says to tell you um, that you're... Yes, I heard her. Uh, what on earth's the matter with the girl? She flounced out of the office as if she's annoyed. Well, I want to have a talk with you. Oh, go ahead. I'll talk to anyone. I'm not a snob. Yes, uh, well, it's, uh, it's rather a delicate matter. Mm -hmm. Well, rather an indelicate matter, actually. Uh, I mean, I realize a lot of it goes on, uh, but I must say I'm rather disappointed. With that approach, I'm not surprised. <laughs> what are you talking about? Tim? I mean, I realize that the bees and the birds do it. Otherwise, we'd never have any honey. Uh, or feathers. Uh, and after all, there's... No reason why they shouldn't. Birds and bees? But men and women are different, aren't they? Well, yes, birds and bees have wings. We haven't. <laughs> but apart from that, I'm talking about, well, animal instincts and base urges. I mean, there's a right way and the wrong way, isn't there? And, uh, and that's what I don't understand. You want me to tell you the facts of life? <laughs> it's a bit late for that, isn't it? No one. I know the facts of life. Well, most of them. I'm trying to say I don't think you should elope with Miss Grimley. Elope? With Miss Grimley? Oh, too, are you out of your mind? It's no use pretending. We saw the note on your blotter here, and you've been carrying on for weeks. This note? Well, that's to remind me to collect some tickets for a production of South Pacific. Oh, uh, that's a show, isn't it? Then you mean you're not taking her off to sin in the sun? <laughs> oh, don't be daft, too. I simply see Miss Grimley as a friend. 
course, I've not rebuffed her. I mean, don't forget, she's she's doing reports on all of us. Oh, yes. Yes. But they'd never make us redundant now, would they? Not after our miracle plane. Well, it does no harm to have allies. By the way, the fuss over molting one seems to be dying down now. Another few weeks and we can quietly announce it's been scrapped. Like all those other British aircraft. Oh, <laughs> so everything's all right. Lennox Brown. Can we help you? Uh, the defense minister wants a photograph of the melting Mark I immediately. Ah, yes, well, I... A photograph? That's right. We're launching a big recruiting campaign. This picture will be the centerpiece. <sighs> I'm afraid I can't hand over a photo just like that. Oh, dear me, no. Oh, why the devil not? Uh, the molting one is just about to fly the Atlantic. Now, uh, we'll have it photographed on Friday for you. See that you don't forget. Well, why did you say it was flying the Atlantic? Because it's getting too hot to handle. I've seen a way of ending this once and for all. All we need is an intrepid pilot. Where will we get one of those? Right here. It's you. Me? I can't fly a plane. Two, there isn't a plane. The molting one is a pigeon. I can't fly a pigeon either. <laughs> oh, do be quiet, too, and just listen to my plan. And here is the news read by John Curl. Britain's new prototype aircraft, the Molting One, has crashed into the Atlantic. No trace of the wreckage has yet been found, but the civilian test pilot, Mr. Richard Lamb, is safe. His rubber dinghy drifted ashore near Land's End, and he was helped out by a colleague, Mr. Lennox Brown, who happened to be fishing off the beach. <laughs> Mr. Lennox Brown later said there was no chance of the Molting One being rebuilt as the blueprints were aboard when it crashed. <laughs> How could it have happened? I think the plane was overloaded, Sir Gregory. A lot of our equipment was on board. Uh, things you thought we'd lost. Mm? Yes, actually, we'd lent them for use in the plane. Our typewriter, for instance, and the duplicating machine. Ah, there you are, LB. I popped in to say I finished my report, and you and Mr. Lamb are obviously not redundant. Ah, oh, that is good news. Oh, but surely there have to be some redundancies. Quite. I shall be coming to your office on Monday, Sir Gregory. Oh, uh, yeah. how nice. Would you join me for lunch, dear lady? Uh, no. Let's face it, L.B., what we have is gone. You see, I'm only attracted to successful men, and now your project has collapsed. I understand. There's only one man for me now. That fearless young adventurer who risked his life for his country. <laughs> Uh, forgive the cricket flannels, but my trousers still aren't dry. And here he is, the man of the moment, my hero. What? Oh, Richard, you brave fool. Miss Grimley, what are you doing? Uh, put me down, let me go. <laughs> Muddling through was the men from the ministry were Richard Murdoch and Derek Guyler. Also featured were Norma Ronald, Ronald Baddeley, John Graham, and Phyllis Lay. The program was written by Edward Taylor and John Graham and produced by Edward Taylor.